Yeah, I hear you. So you're having a Monday too. Yeah, it was a bit of a Monday. Everybody's having a Monday. Monday, Monday. I got no Monday song. What do you mean? You don't just another manic Monday? Oh, look at you. I got no tunes, though. You don't want no, me singing. And Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac did Monday morning. Dun, dun, That's dun, right, dun, too. Dun, dun. <clears throat> so there's, yeah, there's a lot of Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Recording in progress. And welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today is Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hey, I'm Ryan Flurry and a collection of sirens that you can probably hear in the background. <laughs> They're so coming for you. I'm just gonna wait for that to go by. Uh, and that is not all. Also joining us today, Liz Malone. Hi, I'm Liz Malone. <laughs> I like that, you should, that should be your catchphrase. That's really I'm, catchy. I'm just, I just like to copy off of Ryan. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> well done. Uh, hey. What, hey, you know what? We should just loop that. Hi, I'm Liz Malone. Hi, I'm Liz Malone. Hi, I'm Liz Malone. That could be your new, um, I feel like that could be your new phone. Uh, <laughs> hey, you can download the Liz Malone ringtone at AT Banter. <laughs> That's right. I like it. I like we always can, we'll, working at the angle. We'll sell it. No, no, no. I'm sorry. We'll pay you to use my ringtone. That's right. Oh, marvelous. Hey, how are you guys today? Wonderful. That's boring. Well, no, I'm, nah, you, it, I'm having a soggy day. <laughs> yeah, it is a Monday uh, for sure. I'm, I've been having some Monday Monday issues myself. But things are looking up. Oh, Tuesday. Hey. Yeah, that's true. But we should mention, I mean, there's probably a lot of people going out there being like, hey, what about Steve Barkley? Where's Steve Barkley? Uh, we killed Steve. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's buried uh, in a shallow grave uh, on Highway 17. Let's have a scavenger hunt for Steve. Where Hashtag is where is Steve? We could, we could, we could, we could go down all kinds of rabbit holes. We could have a whole, where in the world is Steve Barkley? Uh, but no, it's nothing that interesting. Steve's just not here to, this week. I, I believe he's on vacation. Isn't he easy, Ryan? He is. Yep. He's on vacation. So uh, what is he doing? Camping or hunting or fishing? What's, what's, what's nah, going on? him and his wife are over on Vancouver Island, going up and down town to town, spa days. I'm not sure what else they're doing, but just relaxing, I guess. Wait, Ryan, what's what's the word you used before? Tootling. We Tootling. Tootling up and down the island. I is, like that word. Is tootling not a word down there in the southern part of North America? I think tootling here 
is something dirty. I feel like it sounds like something you don't want to describe in detail. Yeah. Well, she had me. She had me questioning if it was a word. I'm like, oh, no. tootling. No, it's, it's definitely we we definitely use that. But I, I I could see I could see cases for both usages. I think that yeah. Like if I were to use it as a sentence in a sentence, I'd say, "Are you tootling your noodles?" <laughs> by the bell. Call one nine hundred one nine hundred. We'll loop that. We'll loop that. I like to be my right <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Excellent. Well, we're off to a fabulous start. <laughs> These are As the best usual. shows. So to sum up, uh, Steve is tootling his noodle, and, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's how far we've come. We're four minutes in and uh, yeah. uh all right well listen we should uh this is a big this is a big episode actually uh i'm realizing this this is this is our last episode of 2021 yes this is our last live recording for the year that's right mm -hmm. and uh i'm really excited uh for a variety of different reasons uh, not just because it's our last show of 2021, although that's a little bit surreal because I feel like 2021 just started. I mean, it feels like just yesterday we were complaining about 2020 and how 2021 was going to be all was going to be so much better. Um, and it was marginally better, but not really. But uh, here we are almost at the end of 2021 already. Goodbye, 2021. Oh, so long, so long. It so is. ready for it to be over. But uh, so it's it's our last episode. We thought we'd do something a little different than usual, because uh, I don't know. It's sort of quiet. The holidays are in full swing. Uh, we didn't really have a guest, and we kind of have some big show news. So uh, we kind of wanted to devote this episode to just sort of some housekeeping stuff about the show, and uh, have a big announcement, and who knows what else we might delve into over the course of the next few minutes. So uh, I don't know, Ryan, what do you think? What should we do first? Should we make our big announcement? Sure, let's get that out of the way. Okay, well, I'm gonna let you do the honors. Uh, tell everybody what uh, the big show announcement is. I am leaving the show again. What? <laughs> <laughs> How are we discussed? <laughs> Last time you left the show, it was a disaster for like six months. I just have, I have to say, <laughs> I'm I, don't even sorry. Know if I didn't even know if we had guests. We just, it was just me and <laughs> sort of just doing the audio equivalent of looking each, at each other stunned for 40 minutes. Yeah. It was your dark period. It was a little bit of a dark period. <laughs> I, don't I don't even remember what we did. I have to go back into the archive and listen to a few of those shows. But in any case, no, you're not leaving. No, I'm not. And we're not canceling the phone line yet. That's not the other announcement. Nope. Nope. Okay. We've had a new voice on the AT Banter podcast now for the last few weeks, and we thought it was time to announce the new member of the AT Banter podcast team, Liz Malone. That's in the space for the thunderous applause. Exactly. There will be applause. <laughs> to, to that end. Or maybe it's a surprise to Liz. I don't know. You did tell her that, or did you, before the show, Ryan? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Well, surprise, Liz. Surprise! Wow. Oh my God. Is back and 
I have to. I have to tell you the the balloons and the confetti falling from the sky. I was really over the top. So thank you guys for that. No, Beautiful. listen, we are we are so excited to have you uh, as a permanent. Well, okay, I guess we can't say permanent because nothing's permanent. But yeah, she can go whenever she pleases. But no, no. <laughs> she's not locked in a cage. No longer in the status of you know guest host or anything like that. She That's will be right. a regular cast member of this podcast. Well, thank you guys. It's it's really been a fun bunch of weeks having. Um, taking part in the interviews and 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 getting to join your motley little crew and it's um I've really enjoyed it not honestly like because I know today we're we don't have a guest I gotta be honest with you I feel totally naked that I don't have interview notes in front of me (laughs) I'm like I'm in this really weird space right now it's very I'm trying to like put myself into a mentally safe place right now it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay I'm going to join the banter team. It's going to be, it's all going to be good. So. Well, you're playing both parts right now because as a new co-host of the show, you are also the guest for today's show. We are interviewing and talking to you. So. Very feeling very naked, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing, but like, I'm just like, no, it's, I'm totally used to this by now because this is how we do most of our shows. What, naked? Notes? Naked. naked. (laughs) He's toodling your noodles. No, no toodling. Where do we start? Okay. Well, I don't know, right? Like, do we want to, do we want to preface this at all? Like, have we talked about like bringing, why we wanted to bring on a new New co-host. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit. So yeah, I don't think I don't so, think we have. But. Okay. Well, listen. So let me set this up a little bit because to some people this may be a little bit of a surprise out of the blue. Uh, but really, honestly, this is a conversation that Ryan and, and I have been having for a while now. Uh, our, you know, our grand scheme of the the show has always been, you know, we want to we want to you know try to always be pushing it forward and to make it the best show that we that we can. And part of that early on is then this would have been way back last year at some point um but we've been talking about bringing a a new uh person onto the show and and sort of give it a a new voice well i wanted to first of all have a female voice on the show because it's been you me and steve for the last six years and you know a female woman would bring a new dynamic to the show new opinions new perspectives um you know, and that could only enhance it as well. And so I spent, you know, a fair number of weeks, probably even a couple months. There's not a lot of other female podcasters out there. And I did want somebody who had the interviewing skills as well. Um, I didn't want just a, a voice on the show. And so when I found Liz and I found her podcast, Breaking Dishes, and the previous one she'd done prior to that, I listened to a few shows and, you know, I, I think that's when I reached out to you, Rob, and said, hey, you know, I think we should get Liz on the show and let's just see how she does. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you brought your A game every time and I think the shows are better for it. Yeah, I would agree 100%. We really, you know, we kind of had our, our own sort of idea of of what we thought would be a good fit. And honestly, I wasn't really hopeful in, in finding somebody because it it is it's a it's a tall tall order to to find somebody who's not only in the the podcast sphere but they're also in the disability community they have a good knowledge base and good interview skills and 
they also fit in with three goofs like us. <laughs> um, so, so I wasn't, I wasn't hopeful and maybe that's why it, it sort of took a year uh, to really, to really do. Um, but I'm thrilled at uh, where we've landed. And uh, I think 2022 is going to be a great year for, for the show. I'm, I'm really excited. In any case, long story short, um, we're very excited. Welcome Liz to the team and uh, yeah, welcome to the madness. No, thank you. And it's like I said, it's, it's been so much fun. I love the, the ease of the show that we can kind of kick back. I love the, the humor that we're able to bring the spontaneity, the quick wit, the back and forth really enjoy the format very much. It's, and it's such a big departure for, from what I've done in the past. And I feel like the free form podcast style is very, very refreshing, at least from, from, from where I stand. And I think that, um, I listen, the bar is really high, so I'm going to do my best to always bring my a game. Yeah. If we, if we came to each episode with actually a game plan, it would, this show would never have lasted. <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. We have a game plan. Somewhat of a game plan. It's a rough oh, framework. Well, as, as long Listen, as long as the schedule doesn't kill you too, because I mean, uh, an episode every week, it's, uh, I know it, it, it can be a lot. So um, just let us know if you ever need uh, some time off and we'll uh, refuse. It's definitely <laughs> a- ambitious. And I, I love that you guys have been so dedicated to it. And uh, I'm just so glad I don't have to edit this one. <laughs> that was probably the biggest selling point. I think I think I said one of my first questions to Ryan. I'm like, uh, who's editing? He's like, oh no, no, Rob. I'm like, okay, good. Good. I, it is. I have real, enough editing on my plate. <laughs> a labor of love sometimes, let me yes. tell you. Um, <laughs> but well, listen, so for everybody out there, and you know, it's funny. I was, <laughs> I was talking to somebody uh, about an u- upcoming show that we're uh, that we're planning, and they had listened to our ableism uh, episode, and they were like, "Who, who's this? Who's this, Liz Malone? Like, tell tell me about her." And I was like, "Well, she's a guest co-host, and." She has RP and she lives in the States and she has a podcast and that's all I actually know about her. She's really so, swell. She's swell. Well, and so I was like, well, wait, so this is, this is just building content for this episode because really uh, we are all going to learn together just who is this enigmatic figure, Liz Malone. You ready to get started? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's start with maybe just describing your actual uh, eye condition and we'll go from there. So as you mentioned before, I do have RP, retinitis pigmentosa, and my progression came a little bit later on in my life, as you probably have heard through other podcasts or through your guests, I should say, that RP, one of the trickiest things about the diagnosis and finding a cure is that there are so many mutations. Last I heard was upwards of 200 different mutations. So it makes it very hard to sort of get your finger on that gene and figure out the best course. So fortunately for me, if there is a fortunate part of having RP is that I did not become significantly symptomatic until my early twenties. And once I was diagnosed, 
the time between diagnosis in my early 20s to becoming legally blind was um, short of 10 years. So by the age of 30, I was declared legally blind, and that was due to the loss in my field of vision. So I had less than 15 degrees. And now, um, a few years later, I won't say how many, <laughs> um, I am still legally blind because I don't, I did not regain any of my peripheral vision, obviously, but now my acuity, the best correction is right at 2200. So I guess you could say I'm a, I'm a twofer in the legally blind uh, um, sort of way of looking at it. So how, like, what was, did it feel like your, your vision deteriorated really fast during those 10 years? Well, when I, when I was a kid, I did have some early signs of RP, but at the time it, they weren't really recognized as, as symptoms um, because they normally don't measure children's eyesight beyond reading the eye chart and looking for you know corrective lenses. So I was actually losing night vision, which is one of the earliest signs of RP. So when I when I was a kid and I would be out like we, we talked about like on the Halloween show, like out trick-or-treating or playing with friends and getting into any kind of mischief, my friends would be like running around and and hiding and doing things like that. And I'd be the kid that would stand there because I was afraid I was gonna fall over. Um, like a tree stump or actually just run into a tree. So I couldn't run away from the cops in the park or anything like that. So um, I was always just the one that was kind of stuck there. Um, I couldn't see in the movie theaters, didn't realize that it was actually something that was um, symptomatic of a much bigger eye condition. So I think that with RP, it's so different from person to person. So there are children who are maybe you know, three, four years old that are already legally blind from RP. So in my case, when I was in my early 20s and I started to notice some very significant um, vision loss, and then I went and I was diagnosed with RP, that time between um, diagnosis to becoming legally blind, it seemed to be stable, stable, stable. And then it just seems to kind of bottom out. Like the progression seems to go, ah, oh, you're fine, you're fine, and then all of a sudden you hit a hit a like a you drop, and then you're fine, then you're you're plateauing again, you're kind of staying stable, and then you drop again. So that's one of the frustrating things is that it's not just say very, like slow and steady sort of progression. It usually tends to come in these waves, unfortunately. And so, what what was that like when you when you finally got diagnosed? And what did they kind of tell you? I mean, obviously they, they tell you that you, you know, you have this degenerative eye condition that can sort of just work at its own pace. So is, are you just kind of like for 10 years, you're just kind of waiting, waiting around for something to happen. It, is there anything you can really do to prepare yourself or what was that? What was that 10 years like? Well, I think the hardest part for me is that when I received my diagnosis, at the time that retinal specialist that gave me the bad news had the crappiest bedside manner and sort of laid it on me and just sort of walked out of the room. And I remember I was there with my mom and I just started to cry because I was like, I don't even know what this, like, what is, the, what does this mean? Like, what did he just say to me? And 
when you're like 20, 21 years old, you're at that age where you like you have your whole life ahead of you and you feel you're in that indestructible sort of frame of mind. And then you're given this, this news. I just, I kind of felt like, like my world was just collapsing onto me because I didn't know what to think, what to feel, what that meant for my long-term um, way of life. And the other tricky part about it is that that doctor had told me at the time that the prognosis was I'd be legally blind probably around age 40, 45. And that definitely wasn't the case. So it came much earlier. But when you're, you know, given that kind of news and you're not legally blind yet, you're, you know, you're kind of left with, well, I don't know, like, do I have to learn Braille now? Like, what does this mean like to be, to, to lose your eyesight? So at that time, I kind of just said, I'm going to just go day by day. And when the vision starts to deteriorate, then I'll start to make adjustments. And that's sort of what I did from day one. And that's still sort of my mantra today that as things change, I just take it day by day and make adjustments as, as they're needed. Um, because it's, it's, because that's the thing is that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and you don't want to waste precious time on something that may not happen at the right, at, at that time. So, um, I'm very much about living for the moment and trying to, um, enjoy the time that we're given as much as, as much as we can. And, um, and that's sort of how I've been going about ever since. Well, you know, and, and it's interesting, we've talked to a lot of people on the show, um, and even, you know, Ryan, Ryan has his own personal experiences as well. But I mean, there, there is this period of grief that you go through when you, you, you know, get a diagnosis like that. And for some people who have, you know, with some, some eye conditions, it's, it's a very fast process. Um, where they, you know, they, they go from sort of functional vision, vision to, you know, very, very limited vision, you know, in a, in a really short period of time. And that's a, that can be a really intense uh, grieving process. So how did you find that? Like, how did you navigate it? Because it was over sort of 10 years and it sort of went in waves. Did you find that you kind of had to go through that process each time? I think that when you have a condition that is progressive. It's so in life, when I'm given, given the control, I am very much a rip the bandaid off kind of person. Um, I don't like things drawn out. If I know I'm like, yeah, let's just, you know, get, get the pain over with now. So in a situation like this, all of the control in that process was, was taken away from me. So the grieving process for me, and I do um, completely advocate for, um, taking that time that, that you need to, you know, in whatever time that is and whatever form that is and, and, and surrounding yourself with the right people who understand that is a, is a huge part in, in dealing with any kind of a loss and especially with, um, facing a disability. And, um, I think that because RP is progressive, I felt like I was grieving over and over. Like it just, I was, cause I was losing pieces as I was going along. So when something significantly changed, I, I felt like I was again, like at that point where I said, okay, now I have to get over that. I, I mean, when I 
to some of me, this might sound silly, but when I had to give up my driver's license, my God, that was just agonizing. Um, and I, because I felt like that was one of the biggest pieces of my independence that I could possibly lose um, at that time. But then of course, then I, well, a bigger piece is when, you know, you, you feel like you can't walk down a sidewalk safely without using a white cane. So every time I had a new stage, there was a new process to have to face it, to, to, to grieve through it, to re-identify myself and, you know, almost find new reasons to love myself again, because it is so easy to kind of hate your life and hate the world and even, you know, hate yourself and feel that because you feel that way that the world feels that way about you too, which is really not, not true, but it's so easy to kind of get caught up in your own, in your own darkness that you kind of have to look for these opportunities to find light again. At what point though, do you feel like, and who knows, maybe this, maybe you're not there yet. I don't even know. What, at what point did you sort of feel like, okay, you know what? This is just this is just my reality, and damn it, I'm just gonna suck it up and move forward. I think that you're we're we're constantly re-identifying ourselves as we go through our our lives because aside from just the disability, you know, I mean, we go through other life changes that will run in parallel to it which makes things much more complicated. So let's say, for example, you know, you're, you're dealing with losing your vision. And then during that time, you have the end of a relationship too. Um, so now you're, you're, you have a, you know, in my case, let's just say, you know, a, a blindness. And then now I'm single again, for example. Um, so sometimes things that run parallel in our lives can almost, you know, be as big of a setback um, along with having the progression of the disability, because then you're thinking, oh God, like, will anyone love me again? Will anyone think I'm attractive? Will anybody, will everyone be embarrassed to be seen with me with, you know, using my cane? Well, how about I hide my cane when I go out on dates and, you know, things like that. So right. it, it's, it just seems like there's, there are so many layers to, to just life in general that um, we have to deal with and then adding the, having the, the extra, um, I'll say it, the extra burden of having, you know, something that's taken away from us um, certainly, will, you know, adds more challenge to, you know, what life is. I mean, I don't think life is easy in any respect. I think life is very hard. I think life is challenging. And, and I think that, you know, what we do in this time that we have is really what is our measure of, you know, how we live. So um, I, I guess, you know, when I think about um, some of those changes, you know, I think even some of the recent interviews we've gotten, I mean, look at how, what can happen just in, you know, changes in your career and changes in your job and, and then having that um, extra um, layer of, uh, of concern with how do you manage your disability with, you know, things that are just out of our control, um, just in, in daily living. So I, I guess what I'm trying to, to get at is that um, it's always going to be a process, the, the management of it. Uh, and even if we don't have a disability, I, I, I think that 
you know, things that we deal with just day to day is hard, is hard enough. And, and so um, I definitely commend anybody who is dealing with many of the struggles that, that we're facing. Um, I mean, I use the parallel of like, when I, when I hear about people and raising children, you know, I sometimes say, oh my gosh, like the things that people go through raising their kids is so much harder than what I have to deal with, 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 with living with blindness. So I think it's all relative in terms of how we, we kind of, you know, view what we're faced with. Tell me a little bit about when did you decide both to sort of start to step into the advocacy space and when did you decide to start podcasting? So back in my former life as a sighted person living in New York City, I worked in media and marketing and more specifically, I started um, my career in the radio business. So I've always been fascinated with communications and um, mass media and things of that nature. Um, so being in that environment for so many years, I've always been attracted to, to that type of work. Now, I never pursued being in front of a camera or even behind a microphone back then, because in, in all honesty, I, I thought I was someone who was really good as like kind of being a creative mind and working in the back and, and, um, you know, making money for, for businesses in terms of um, the, the strategic marketing and the sales end. So I never really saw myself as being that kind of uh, person, or, you know, I guess you could say a personality that anyone would give a damn about. And um, so once I started to get into the disability space and I sort of needed to kind of hit the reset button and figure out like, what am I, what are my skills and um, what might I be good at? And I felt that, well, I mean, I, I could be really good at doing advocacy work because I'm really passionate about it. I like to use the media. I like to communicate. I enjoy telling the storytelling and I'm just, and I'm genuinely interested in people and their stories. So that's sort of what was the, uh, I guess, the driving factors of how I sort of migrated into the space. And so I first started by, you know, figuring out like, who should I partner with and what, what kind of areas might be good for me. And I kind of felt like I wasn't finding anything that really where my voice was coming through. And I, not, at that time, I didn't necessarily want to just be a contributor to somebody else's um, vision. So that was sort of the impetus for me to start my podcast, which was Access Point. And I think that, gosh, oh my God, I think that was back in <laughs> 2014, I think, was my, um, was my first podcast. And, um, and that was 100% dedicated to showcasing stories of people in the disability community or who were advocates in disability and really hone in on doing very, very meaningful inter interviews where I felt that it was a story and a conversation that could be attractive to both members of the disability community as well as those who were at the time, well, now we use the word allies, 
but we didn't really use that term back then. And that's much more of a newer term, but essentially, you know, those in mainstream who might be interested in understanding more about some of the, the conversations of our community. Man, 2014. Wow. Okay. So you, yeah. Wow. And when did we start, Ryan? I guess we started 2016. 2016. Wow. Yeah. 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 That was back before there was really any podcast distribution. So it was really just about using like some of the, I think it was SoundCloud. SoundCloud <laughs> that yeah. was just, That's, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was very old school. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. how we started. We were, we were on SoundCloud for, I think, the first year, maybe, maybe even the first two years, um, for sure. And, you know, there wasn't, there also wasn't a lot going on in, in the disability slash accessibility space either, because when we first started up, um, you know, we looked into that. We looked at, you know, we did some research and, and to see what else was out there. And there was a few other um, things going on in, certainly in the accessibility space, um, but not a lot. So uh, yeah, it's, it's so nice now. You, 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 know, you, you type in disability or accessibility or inclusion into any sort of you know, podcast app, and you get tons of different podcasts that are out there now. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I think that the that there is tons of room for all kinds of voices within our community. Uh, and I, I, I love that podcasting has created a platform for anyone to put interesting content out there, regardless of, of, of what it is. Um, so I, I, I know that some people might say like, oh gosh, you really want other disability podcasts? I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I think it's, I think it's fantastic that there are a lot of conversations out there. I think that it's, very, especially when you have podcasts, you know, like AT Banter, which is, you know, something that I found so appealing about your show is that you guys have a very distinct format. You, I think I said this before, but you guys have this easy handed way that you approach these topics without um, feeling like I'm being, you know, listeners are being lectured to or spoken down to, it's extremely approachable. And I think that that type of format and that kind of content is extremely appealing. And I think it's needed, especially in disability. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, in terms of, of having as many voices out there um, and, you know, people giving their, what their lived experience is like, is incredibly important, especially in, in the disability community, because everybody is, is so different. Um, even even amongst similar disabilities or the same disability. I mean, you you know you, you could talk to three different people who have um, RP, and they're going to have completely different experiences, and and that's important to to get out there into the mainstream. I think. Yeah, and absolutely. And in addition to the variables in terms of the lived experience, there is, and I, I, I think Ryan, you would definitely back me up on this. There is, there isn't anything monolithic about the disabled community. I mean, everything, and we touched upon this with with, with our conversation with Amy about ableism, the, the language portion of the part one, I should say. Um, I mean, people can't even agree about what language is is, is appropriate, uh, what uh, how how things are categorized, how things are 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 addressed, and so it's it. There's just so many um, so many views, so many opinions that it just really runs the full gamut. 
No, but that's, you know, it, it, that's why it's always been important to us. Um, and especially over the last few years, I mean, really our, the show has evolved quite a lot since we, since mm -hmm. inception. Um, I mean, radically since inception, because, you know, we, we started out, we were just going to talk about assistive technology because that's the industry that we are in. And that's really the only thing we knew about, but funnily enough, in doing the show, we learned so much about advocacy and different agencies and it, you know different talking to different people in the community that was so much more interesting than just talking about oh you know the the new braille note is out and it has x y and z features and it's you know it we we quickly discovered that we didn't want to do that and i think that even in the last few years we've evolved a little bit more because i i really i really think that doing things like talking to different agencies and organizations and spreading the word about even different podcasts that are out there is really incredibly important because it's a, it's really easy for a lot of these um, organizations to get lost in the shuffle or to have people who actually need their services to never even know that they exist. So really, I kind of see the show these days as sort of like a little bit of a megaphone that we can do our part to help spread the word and, and get people the, the information that they need, as well as the whole component of just even just trying to educate the mainstream about some of the, the importance of some of the, the issues that we talk about. Well, and one of the things I find that helps keep the show fresh is Rob, you and I have been in the assistive technology field for over 20 years now, and there isn't a month that goes by when I'm looking for guests or you're suggesting guests that are even here in Canada that we'd never heard of before, right? There are so many organizations, so many groups out there trying to promote accessibility, inclusivity, and diversity. It's so easy to yeah. keep the show fresh and, and bring new faces to the community, new voices. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. I remember sitting around the lunchroom years and years ago, um, you know, and saying like, how are we ever gonna find guests yeah. on a weekly basis? For this like there's no way we'll run out of people in a month and a half and here we are six years later and it, you know we're still going so um yeah it's it's incredibly it's exciting um and uh it's it's very fulfilling i mean i i, I think that you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie or mince words me and like me and ryan are both lazy as hell and uh if <laughs> You know, if we didn't find this incredibly fulfilling and rewarding and stuff, this thing wouldn't have wouldn't have lasted more than uh, three months. Yeah, well, absolutely. Doing a podcast in general, it is it's a true labor of love because I think when you have a good podcast, it it sounds like it's so easy. And I, I mean, I've had people say to me like, "Oh, I'm thinking about doing a podcast," and da 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 da, or I heard one that you did, and I and I'll explain to myself, well. Um, I do a lot of editing and there's like a lot of, you know, prep work that I have to do before, you know, an inter interview or, and, you know, you, you know, it's not just flipping on a microphone. Now, don't get me wrong. There are tons of podcasts out there that people do flip on the mic and they record and they are one take wonders and they are just brilliant at it. I'm not one of those people. I, <laughs> I fully can admit that my podcasting talents are are limited to a certain, you know, format. Um, yeah. But uh, for sure that I, I think that, you know, especially if you're going to do something 
weekly, like you guys are 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 doing and you and you've done for several years, it's a very ambitious thing. And and there's got to be love there in order to to make it work as well as you guys have. And I think it really shows. Well, there's bitterness too. There's weekly phone calls between <laughs> Rob and I sometimes. <laughs> oh, not all glitz and glamour. No, right. and honestly, like sometimes, sometimes we record a show and I'm just like, that was awful. Like we suck. We're terrible. Uh, you know, and, and which I'm sure all podcasters do, but no, mm-hmm. you absolutely like, I, I, you know, I have so much respect for people who can even do a podcast live. Yeah. Like Ryan's been pushing this, this idea of a live show for, for ages now. Uh, it scares the shit out of me because <laughs> just, you know, I, I don't feel confident in, in what we're doing to not have that safety net of editing, but uh, we'll do it. We'll do it. Cause you know what? That's, we advocate, we talk to people all the time who are doing stuff that's scary and they're out there doing it. So, uh, you know, we can suck it up and do a live show. But, well, there's definitely uh, strength in numbers. You got four voices on there. You're going to be true. a lot stronger. Yeah. True. Less but dead no. air. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But yeah, no, there are some people out there that can, you're right. Like, can just turn on the mic and they can just go and it can sound professional and polished. And that's amazing. You know, that's, that's not us either. But the flip side of that, though, is that, you know, it depends on what, what your content is. And, um, you know, if uh, that, that's what the really important thing is, is that is, is somebody who's listening, getting something out of the content. Uh, and that's also uh, very important and tricky. And I at least like to think that uh, we're able to deliver that on a weekly basis. Anyways, something's well, value of somebody. Yeah. And I think too, we get, we get stuff out of the podcast. We learn from our guests as well. Right. So that's what kind of keeps it fresh as well as we know going in that we're going to come out of it knowing more than we did going into it. So yeah. it is we it is for our audience, but at the same time, you know, we we all walk away from it being better people. Well, well thank goodness for you guys and your podcast. I would not have known what a turtle was. A toodle. Yeah, that's right. No, oh, no, 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 a oh, toodle, a turtle. Too, but a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this, isn't this Christmas turtle season? Isn't this oh, turtle yes. time? That's right. yes. That's true. Yes. Chocolate, yes. caramel, nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I love turtles. It sounds like a Snickers. It, it is. It's very Snicker, Snicker-ish. No nougat, uh, though. Except what there's... No, it, no, there's nougat. Not in Wait, a turtle. Yeah, there is. Isn't there? Is that no, caramel? No, chocolate, caramel, and nuts. No, you're right. Okay, you're right. It's caramel. Ooh, Sorry, I, got I thought caramel we were going to have a turtle, turtle off, but okay. <laughs> It's, uh, but yeah, there's, and there's no nuts. I think Snickers has nuts, right? There's nuts and turtles and there's nuts and Snickers. Oh, okay. Man, I haven't had, <laughs> I haven't had either for a long time. I'm not a big caramel fan. So that's why oh, I, I love find caramel. it too rich. Mm. It's, it's way too rich. How the hell, why are we talking about chocolate? <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is what happens. We don't have a guest. We just, we're talking about heavy stuff and then we're talking about I got distracted. That was my, that was all my fault. That's okay. Um, <laughs> all right. And it, so we've said it again, Liz, we're very excited to have you on board. We're going to have the best shows in 2022. I think. I am truly honored with all joking aside to have been invited to guest host and even more honored and flattered and all the above to, to, to be invited to be a, uh, a full-time permanent, semi-permanent, regular, whatever you want to call it, uh, member of the AT Venture team. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this coming year. So thank you guys so much again. 
Yeah, you're very welcome. And I have to give Steve, well, actually, we have to tell Steve to actually send you a cowbell. Yes. Ooh. Yes, we have AT Bender cowbells. Cowbell. Yeah, and, a and, and a box of turtles. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. Make, make notes, Ryan. Make notes. All right. Um, well, you know, here, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, or do we? Do we have a little bit of time left? Oh, do we oh sure. I mean, well, I don't know. I just thought, you know, since given this, this is the last episode of the year, I thought maybe we could spend a little bit of time um, just reflecting on some of the episodes that we've had this year. And Ryan, to see if you had any ones that stood out to you as that you really enjoyed or... Liz, I don't know if you've listened to anything other than what you've been on, um, but uh, if you have any thoughts, any any favorite things? Well, if you don't mind, I'll go first, Ryan. Sure, absolutely. So my 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 mental Rolodex of all your shows is definitely not as deep as as, as Ryan's from the past year, but um, an episode that stood out to me that I was able to listen to um, was you interviewed Jessica and she wrote a book, um, My Spring Fling. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so I I found her to just be so fascinating, her 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 positivity. And yeah. it was a very moving um discussion that you guys had. And and I think that you guys were equally as as moved just during the interview. Yeah. That was and that was a scary interview too to do because we weren't really sure how it would all come together. Um we didn't we didn't really get a chance to to talk too much um, with her and her um, caregiver too much before we turn the mics on. So yeah, it, I remember being really sort of uh, scared about that show, but holy cow, did it, did it um, come together really well? And it was just, it was, it was really an honor for us even to just uh, do what we could to, to help um, spread the word about her story and about the book. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode again. Yeah, I vaguely really remember it, but. We did. We done good, Ryan. Yay. We done you good done again. Good, you done good that day, boys. Yay. How about, uh, how about you, Ryan? What do you, what do you, uh, anything stand out to you? Yeah, I think the highlight for me this year was the fact that we got Daryl Lennox, um, who's oh, a yeah. blind comedian, yeah. very well known around the world. And it went a different route than I thought it was going to go because he came into this pretty new to blindness. And that's not the direction I thought the show was going to go in. So it was an interesting discussion we had with him. And he was very open and, and honest and vulnerable on that show, which is a side you don't see in his comedy shows. So I was, that was, I was tickled pink when they reached out. And I do also want to say that when this show gets released, he would have already released his latest comedy album which is being released December 17th. So, Oh, cool. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a good show. And that was, yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. Like that one was really, it went in a direction that we were not expecting. And it was nope. very raw and it was very open. And he was very honest um, with it. In fact, you know, we, after, after we turned the mics off on that show, um, I, you know, I, I think I called Ryan immediately and I was just like, man, that was, that was intense. Like, I, like, one of the I, things Daryl said was that he came on the show basically looking to ask us for help. You know, he's this big, courageous, bold comedian, right? And he makes light of his blindness and just seems to carry on. And you think everything's going great, but then you have this open conversation with him and it 
a whole different story. Yeah, and I mean, that really, it, it really also shines the light on the difference between being partially sighted and then being blind, like mm -hmm. going over and he was, you know, he was very, very, very new to like being blind, having yeah. no sight at all. And you could hear it in his voice. I mean, yeah. he was probably a, a month or two um, on the other side of it. So he was, he, I, I, you know, and, and oh my gosh, like it was such a powerful show. And um, it was, it was actually really, really moving. Um, and, uh, you know, we actually, after the show, I mean, we reached out and contacted him was like, listen, is, was there any part of that that you're not comfortable with? Like, do you want us to cut it? Like, cause we were really concerned that yeah. uh, it was so raw and so open and honest about where he was at. And, uh, he said, no, he said, nope, just, you know, as is it, it's so, uh, yeah, another really, really great show um well let me see oh geez there's so many um you know what was a really fun one actually that i really enjoyed was um talk description to me when we talked to um christine jj Malik. hunt and christine Malik. we we talked to them about their their podcast called talk description to me i thought it was it was not only was it really fun to talk to them and you know, you we you know you talk about like professionals that just have great voices and great demeanors and can just turn the mics on and talk. Those two are amazing; they're just amazing. And so that was a real thrill to talk to them as well. And I really loved the the show, the podcast itself, because it's such a really unique idea. This idea of taking different things and and putting audio description to it, like so in news news events. Or, or topical issues, or just whatever, like memes, like everything, like they'll they'll they'll, they'll cover and and talk about. And uh, I don't know, that was just a really fun episode to me that really stands out. Yeah, it's always hard to pick one when we do this each year because there there have been some really great shows, and it's it's great that people, you know, some of them are return guests; they keep coming back. So yeah, makes me happy. Yeah. No, and you know what? What excites me too about about the coming year that I really want to lean into too is is talking to finding more organizations out there to talk to and to spotlight, and uh, and get a feel for just what have, you know the battles that people are fighting out there in terms of advocacy and inclusion and accessibility, because uh, we do. There's still so much work to be to be done, uh, so many people to educate and including ourselves. Um, you know, I, I think that I look back on on all of the shows that we've done, and goddamn, man, I'm I'm a much smarter and better person than I was six years ago for sure. So, um, so I continue to thank everybody who comes on the show and teaches us and uh, helps expand uh, our not only our knowledge but uh, the way that we view the world and we view disability. So, uh, yeah. How's that for a parting 2021 shot? Goodbye, 2021. Yeah. So long. Um, all right. Well, closing thoughts. Anything? What do we got? Well, I'm just looking forward to what 2022 is going to bring us. Um, Probably some more variants. Well, yeah, that's yeah. guaranteed. You know, hey, speaking <laughs> of which, you know, so, sorry, sorry, sort of a side topic, uh, but ryan and his wife uh very graciously came over to my place uh over the weekend to drop off uh, a little a little christmas spirit in the form of a, a lovely bottle of uh, our favorite tequila tarantula tequila. tarantula 
Yeah, I'm learning so much on this show. <laughs> I thought probably... I was going to be learn. I thought I was going to be learning more about uh, advocacy, but I'm really learning about booze and candy. So <laughs> <laughs> that totally oh, works. Very important. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for that, Ryan. Um, but uh, you know what was weird about that 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 Ryan picked up on immediately, but I hadn't. I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "We haven't actually seen each other." Like in two years, two years, we hadn't wow. been in the same room together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, and that was, that blew my mind at the time. I was like, wow, you're right. Like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, uh, I think people, uh, that we should just get out of here. What do you think? All righty. All right. Um, all right. Well, Hey, Ryan, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? I don't know. Liz, where can people find us? They can find us on the web at atbanter.com. That's right. They can also send us an email to cowbell at atbanter.com. Okay, we're going to have to have rehearsals because <laughs> uh, now we've, we're, we're going to completely change this outro now. I got to, okay, so wait, so now I got to do the socials. I'm not prepared for this. Okay, hold on. Uh, so people can also find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. and, and if they have a comment, topic, suggestion for the show, they can call us toll free. 1-844-996-4282. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I no longer know my place in the world. So I, I'm completely... We'll have to we'll have to practice that over the Christmas break while we're off. No, it was just a one for. Well, no, but we have to. I mean, we have to find Liz's spot in the whole outro. Absolutely, thing. we're gonna have to. Yeah, and you got to change the AT banter feed as well because when it shows up in our podcatchers, it says Rob, Mano, Ryan, Flurry, and Steve Barkley. You need to add Liz Malone in there now too. And we got to do all this work now. Jeez. Oh my God, the horror! So, yeah. <laughs> um okay well wait did we is did we, were we successful i don't even know yes i think, I think that's so. it right that's okay. it that's all she wrote that is all she wrote <laughs> well listen thank you everybody for listening for the past year we hope everybody out there has a wonderful and safe new year's 2022 is going to be great and uh we will see everybody next year See what I did there? This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778 847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.